Wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's Christmas. Welcome to Is It Really? The podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. Does Santa know you left the workshop sharp? You're hilarious, my friend. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. I'm Brandon, and I'm the Leon the Snowman of this podcast. I'm Zach, but you can call me Mr. Narwhal. And I'm Mitch, the adorable Arctic Puffin. Hey, buddy, you want to pick some snowberries? Oh, there's an adjective in yours and not anyone else. And we're traveling through the seven levels of the candy cane forest to ask, is the best way to spread Christmas cheer watching Elf every year? Zach! Yeah? How about you give us the synopsis for Elf? After inadvertently wreaking havoc on the Elf community due to his ungainly size, a man raised as an elf at the North Pole is sent to the U.S. in search of his true identity. Well, when does the holiday season start for you fellas? When the clock strikes 12 on November 1st, <laughs> it is Christmas. You're a November 1st guy, huh? Yeah, I dust off the Charlie Brown vinyl records. I stock up on the Ooh. rice pudding and the Stumptown Hairbender coffee. And it's Christmas. A Stumptown Hairbender. That's an interesting choice. It's, it's uh, yeah, that bad. sounds fake. It's no. It's, it's re. It's real. I'm familiar with the bean. I just didn't know it was a holiday thing. No, it's not. But it's green, so I like to go out and buy a fresh uh, package. Well, that's a good. I love little traditions though, like that. Yeah. I mean, anything. Honestly, anything. I'm not even close to y'all's coffee level. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a, or at least I used to be a strict day after Thanksgiving guy. No Christmas music, no decorations. All of that pretty much happened that weekend after Thanksgiving. But I have noticed, like, one, since I've been working for the Salvation Army, and yep. two, yep. Christmas is starting earlier and earlier and earlier. First week of November at, at work, we are decorating. We're, we've got Christmas carols in the halls, and, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing our holiday intake and driving around town now with my daughter. She, you know, she's noticing lights, and she's asking for Christmas music already. I'm loosening my grip on, like, the hard <laughs> Black Friday start date for Christmas. I've considered your way of life of giving Thanksgiving its time. It's too rigid, though. It's too rigid. Well, here's what it is for me. Thanksgiving is ethically dubious. Yeah. So right. I don't want to linger on <laughs> this this morally gray holiday for longer than the meal. The meal is great. <laughs> and honestly, it's the best meal of the year. Christmas can't, can't compete, no. but it's a meal. Right. Christmas is a holiday. I'm curious, though, ethically dubious, morally gray. What What makes you say that? The history of Thanksgiving? <laughs> the, okay. Of us <laughs> of I was thinking, eradicating I was the Native like, Americans? <laughs> oh, boy. 
Welcome to our Ooh. fun podcast about Elf, I was, I was thinking, like, because everyone eats themselves into a coma, like it's no. a gluttonous holiday. I That's live fine. my life as a gluttonous holiday. All right? <laughs> okay, yes, you're absolutely right. I'll say there's so much Christmas stuff that I love. There's so many, like, Christmas albums that I want to listen to. There's so many Christmas movies that I want to watch, and I just don't get enough time to no. in just December. And also now being in New York, I feel like I, I want to get the head start on Christmas so that when all the lights start to go up and the trees start to go up and Rockefeller Center and all that stuff, I want to get in the zone so that when that happens, I can just enjoy it. Yeah, I'm super jealous of Christmas in New York. It's my favorite time of year, which I know is like it's super touristy and Christmas in New York. and crawling with people. But I absolutely love it. But what's your, uh, just to switch gears to Elf a little bit, what's your guys' favorite lines in the movie? There's so many. I'm sure we could talk about this for an hour. Yeah, when I watched it this time, it's not lines anymore because I've yep. seen it so many times. So it's like moments. Buddy slamming the Jack in the Box, the way he gets frustrated and then the way he slams it. That's yeah. my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> Everything Bob Newhart says, I love. I do love Bob Newhart. I love the line when he says, when it comes to babies, Santa's a pushover. Nah. That's a good one. What? <laughs> there are better, though. Yeah, there are better lines. There are. But I, so I only have Brendan. one. The way the store manager mean mugs Buddy after he freaks out about Santa. Yes. It's yes. just the look he gives him. That's, a yeah. one, that's one of my favorite lines. The way Buddy reacts like a dog and looks up at the ceiling when an announcement plays. <laughs> The way he ducks his head when he tries to slip by security, even though he's dressed in full elf garb. That's one of my favorite lines. One of my favorite lines is, I don't know, I've never declawed kittens before. Yeah. <laughs> when she's just on yes. the phone. It's like little things that I like. I love that whole first scene of Buddy in New York, like when he's waving at New Yorkers who are hailing taxis. Just the hi. Hello. Uh, another one that really yeah. tickled my my funny bone this time was the world's best cup of coffee scene when he runs in. If you listen, there's just one part where Buddy just goes like kind of under his breath. It's great to be here. Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fully in character. I really like the decline kittens line because right. it shows like how awful regular life is. Like that's the crap we deal with on a day to day basis and what Buddy has to overcome. Everything James Kahn says in the movie, I kind of love. What do you want, some money? <laughs> I love the uh, Santa must have called you. And he goes, oh, he just got off the cell phone with me. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I think I probably saw Elf before I saw Godfather. And after watching The Godfather, James Caan's character in The Elf just totally changed. Because he has like one of those recognizable faces to me that I couldn't quite place. And then I saw The Godfather and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. The on this watch, when he threw Buddy against the wall, I had him in. I was right? like, oh, I hope there's not a trash can lid nearby. Oh, no. <laughs> it's sunny. <laughs> I love the snowball fight to me, like snowball fights yeah, is one good. of the, that's a big thing with like winter and, you know, snow days. That's another one of my favorite lines. I love, I love how though buddy, because he's an elf and lives at the North pole has a machine gun for an arm. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's just super machine gun. Like, yeah, he turns the park into a war zone. Yeah. And the children fall the way he like dodges the ball, uh, the snowball, but fires one at the same time. And yeah. then and then yes. snipes that guy that's running away. That's what got John Favreau Iron Man. Really? <laughs> no. 
Maybe. Another favorite. Everything Andy Richter says is gold. My favorite has to be Gus's pick pickles. It's existential yet so accessible. When he's describing a kid's book, yeah. I'm like, what is the, who wrote that? What is that line doing in this movie? Yes. It's so good. An another line in that vein is I love when, uh, when Buddy's dad is talking about that one book and he goes, you think a kid's going to notice two pages? All they do is look at pictures. <laughs> I also love another line I from Santa is a uh, back off slick. You'll scare the deer and then just buddy. Oh is that you? <laughs> <laughs> this is New York Santa for sure. Well, New York is often portrayed beautifully in this movie, but it can also be a gross and dangerous place. How does the film manage to find joy in everyday things and bring the magic of Christmas to the Big Apple? I think right off the bat, I think of a movie like Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, and yes. you really see some mm. dirty stuff in that movie and like really like the the grungy side of the Big Apple, the mm. fish market and like the like the backside of all these buildings where the dumpsters are and even like certain areas of Central Park. Like there's you just you definitely see some so like just a grungier side of, of New York. Well, the places I hang out. Right. Where I, when I think like New York Christmas movies, I, I guess I think of like Miracle on 34th Street. Same. Right. It's like it's all about the lights. It's all about the parade. It's how beautiful it is. Yeah. I, I think in this movie that Buddy is so open to the culture and the new experience. And I love that for Buddy, there's a level of, I'm supposed to belong here. So he's just trying to like take it for what it is. Cause there's moments right. like you see after he walks through the Lincoln tunnel, there's that look of, oh, that was gross. Or every now and then like someone will do something weird and he's like, Ugh. but then he shrugs it off. It's just like, oh, I guess that's just what happens. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's very open to every experience. He just kind of jumps in cause he doesn't know what's what. Right. So he just. <laughs> Buddy. You don't have to drink that. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how we all felt about coffee the first time we had it, right? Like we've been a trick had been played on us. Right. Because you hear people rave about coffee. Another thing is I love the decision to put Buddy in a department store for a good chunk of the movie. I think New York and Christmas and any type of like downtown of a bigger city, department stores are like Christmas central. And I know we touched on this quite a bit with Miracle on 34th Street episode, but like, you know, mm -hmm. Santa sets up at department stores. They're always decorated beautifully. People are dressed up like it's just an event to go to a department store, especially like one of the bigger ones during Christmas. And I love that that is like a decision that was made when they told the story. I like that it's Gimbal's. Because it's a nice little nod to Miracle on 34th right. Street. Because, by the way, Gimbal's is out of business. It's been out of business for like 40 years. Yeah. So it's it's those little nods, I think, that tie like the real world New York to like movie New York, which is like a different thing mm -hmm. to me. This feels the most accurate. And the scene that really, really gets me is in Gimbal's. And it's just how the extras in this movie chew the scenery so well, particularly the scene when Buddy's going up the elevator. The guy who's behind it when Buddy goes, do you want to go? I just love how the guy's so annoyed with him, but still does like the with his hands. That felt like I saw that six times going up the steps at the subway today. Like that's so accurate. And I also love that no one like reacts to Buddy, that they're just kind of like, yeah, sure. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, like no one comments on him being dressed like an elf because it's New York. You're like, yeah, that's that's probably something you would see. Right. No one goes, oh, get that freak out of here. <laughs> no, they're actually unnervingly calm yeah. about his presence. <laughs> like when he starts singing to James Caan, Daddy, I love you. I'm like, that's the moment I leave the country. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. <laughs> when he ships him women's lingerie and a hand-drawn child's card that says, love you, Dad, that's that's the moment I change my name. Yeah. Like, it's just so... Well, Mitch, what happens next? He throws him against the wall. And he does the, uh, what do you want, some money? And then takes him to the doctor to see if he's his kid. Like, he gets to it right away after that. And to see if he's insane, yes. The other the other thing I love is in, in the doctor's office when he's like, after this, we're going to go ice skating. He goes, we'll go ice skating. We'll make gingerbread houses. We'll even paint eggs. <laughs> <laughs> paint eggs? That's nuts. James Scott is terrible. I'm sorry. I got to say, he's a terrible father. He's a terrible uh, businessman. He, he's bad at his job. He's terrible. Hold him accountable. He has truly become a jaded individual. You can tell he's at that point in his life where he's just kind of done with this stuff. You won't do the bare minimum. Yeah. Can I say something else, too, about this? Every movie that features, like, a jaded but wealthy dude, it always shows some, like, picture, I feel like, like, about bo- a boomer in particular. It's always, like, a picture of, like, them protesting Nam right. somewhere thrown in. They're like, I used to be sensitive. Right. But now look at me with all my money. Like, it's just it's, it drives me crazy. Uh, I, I can't I can't deal with it. It's such a lazy device. I, I do love that at the end of the movie, though, that James Conn is not a totally different person. Like, he still doesn't want to sing when it's, you know, when they're doing the caroling. He's still like the, you know, Michael, what is the point? But he does it anyway. Like, you just see like little things like when he says he wasn't lying. I like that he doesn't go from like this kind of grouch to this. Oh, my children. Uh, oh, let me hold you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's not night and day for sure. Yeah. I think what I like about this movie that makes it different from other Christmas movies is the like jaded New Yorker element. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it like it's it's that scene you mentioned where like the guys are passing out the the stuff right. and you know this tastes like a crappy cup of coffee like it's it is a crappy cup of coffee <laughs> no it's the world's best cup of coffee like no one is particularly happy until buddy comes into their lives and you know i think that that's why the movie works because if you had a bunch of people who the whole movie were like shut up buddy go away then he would be annoying it's like i saw the movie isn't it romantic this year where like rebel wilson gets hurt and wakes up in a romantic comedy and the reason that Oof. when the reason that movie's not fun is because she's never having fun. Like in the romantic comedy, there's no moment where she's having a good time. The whole time she's like, this is horrible. I hate this. Get me out of here. And so we, the audience, are like, yeah, I see why you think this is horrible and you want to get out of here. Whereas because no one does that to Buddy, and if they do, he quickly wins them over. Like with Michael, I think I think about how he goes from go away and then immediately they have the snowball fight. So everyone who Buddy annoys, with the exception of Walter, like they really quickly just kind of come around to, oh, this is who he is. This is fun, like you were saying, Mitch. A major theme in this movie and a lot of Christmas movies is getting over cynical attitudes and embracing the spirit of the season. 
Is there room on the nice list for Elf's jaded supporting cast? <laughs> like his father and like Jovi and... Ed Asner's terrifying, <laughs> creepy Santa Claus. I yeah. think there's room for, for Walter on the on this year nice list. I don't. I've voiced why. <laughs> <laughs> I've said why. The moment with don't tell my kid what to do. When... Yeah. Th- like, I think that that's just a big... Moment. And then him going out, that's like it's him doing his best to be better. Do you know what I mean? But can I say this, though? His best is the bare legal minimum. Sure. Like a person has gone missing and like, um, let me get to it in a couple hours. <laughs> you know, it's- right. But then but then Michael says to him, he says, we'll go home and figure it out. And and Michael says, figure out what buddy cares about everybody. You only care about yourself. And he goes. Okay, uh, we're gonna have to reschedule the meeting. And then the guy's like, "No, I flew out here just to hear this pitch, son. You're gonna have to wait." And yeah. then it's the yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, I remember. Like I'm it. saying that, like that, like you were saying, that's kind of the beginning of him starting his his transformation. I think that's I think that's why it's hard for me to get into it though, because it's like ten minutes before the movie ends, he starts to change. The rest of the movie is just he's a jerk. Doesn't that make it a little more believable that it's not some like astounding transformation? A uh, million percent. Yeah, which is what you were saying before. I just don't think that gets him on the nice list. (laughs) Nice list is for people who get presents. Let's say someone shows up at your office dressed like an elf, and they're like. I'm your son. Are you going to be like, oh, oh, I, oh, I told you I would call the police immediately. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So you would be. Yeah, you would probably do the same thing that Walter's doing. <laughs> no, I, if I were told my son was missing. Right. And I'd been missing for hours. I wouldn't continue my my business. Meeting. Can I uh, bring up an actual issue that I do have with this movie, though? No, there's room for everyone on the nice list, as the movie says. Unfortunately. The screenwriter who wrote Jovi, because she is a prime example of an underdeveloped female character who's only there to be a prize for our lead. She's a manic pixie elf girl. Kind of, except hey, like oh. also like I I hate Christmas. I don't please stop talking to me. And like who sings Baby It's Cold Outside alone? Okay. You're, now you're being ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying, who, who singing a Christmas carol in the shower, a, a duet by themselves. I do that all the time, so <laughs> that's that's fine. I will gladly sing both parts of Nowhere by Chris Brown and Jordan Sparks in the shower. I'll do it. You know? I, I feel like her character goes from very like, stop talking to me, go away to literally the next time we see her. Like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. And like they kiss on the first date and that like she's just a very underdeveloped character. All right, well, that brings up a good point for me. It is incredibly odd to me that she's attracted to Buddy the Elf yes. in any way, romantically. <laughs> he is a child. A man-child. an adult body. Yeah. He, like, he is a he child. He is a man-child. And, yeah, it is the movie Big, but in a world where the movie Big exists. Yeah. I feel like we're dealing with, like, a couple different levels of cynicism here. You've got Walter, who's far gone. You've got Jovi. She's just barely gone. She's maybe just like a little lonely even. You know, she's not extremely cynical. She's probably maybe just like a little sad. I think there's probably something about Buddy, maybe not the way he looks. There's something about Buddy that she's attracted to. 
He's everything she is not. But when he comes into the shower, that is why she has to be cynical. Self-preservation. Because in New York yeah. City, men walk into the showers yeah. and start singing the songs <laughs> with you. I will admit, it was an, it was an odd choice. Place. But uh, I think we can all admit that he is the kind of character that would do that by accident. You know, he hears someone singing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't blame Buddy. And again, they they set up. They and I guess I should, but I don't. They, well, he doesn't know any better. Like you said, he's legitimately a child. But but then the, she the asked. Thing, then she asked him, "Are you sure it wasn't because I was naked I, in the shower?" I didn't know you were naked. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing also, like, and again, I think it, I think it's bad early two thousands writing of a female character there's that scene where it shows how helpless she is and she needs to be saved when she says they shut my water off but then the next time we see her she's in that beautiful apartment eating chinese food she warmed up a bowl of ramen let's take it easy yeah, yeah, and six, 60 cents. It's an apartment. Have you seen apartments in New York? It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like they make it a scene like that. She has financial issues. And then it. why? Because. Yeah, it isn't. Right. Be, again. They needed a reason for her to be showering in a public. Sure. Place. So it's a flimsy. Reason, it is. It's messy. They, yeah. I'm with you there. Can I say the real reason I wrote this question? The real person who shouldn't get any presents at Christmas is Saint Nick in this movie. Ed Asner is so terrible. Oh, he's great. He's fantastic. He's great. He's Mm. my favorite. By great. Do you mean he probably smells like cigar smoke when he says, what the name of Sam Hill is this? I always thought he was saying hell as a kid. I was like, this, this is the Antichrist. This is not Santa. I think maybe like Santa's just like a little boozy after all these years. He just <laughs> is like you're traveling around the world. Over it. Exactly you're traveling around the world. Exactly he just is a little boozy after he needed to. Yeah. He just needs wait as a blow off some steam. Yeah, this is the Santa who gets kicked off the float in Maricorn 34th Street at the beginning. Okay, <laughs> but oh. after thousands of years. Um, Mitchell, may I bring something to your attention though? Please, buddy. Yeah. You're more of an elf than anyone I've ever met. And you're the only one I would want working on my sleigh tonight. Like, he has some genuinely good moments, too. That was the moment I realized I was watching a Rudolph uh, rip off a little bit. When well, he says, I was like, oh, shoot, that's what this is. This is I think that is I was actually that is one thing about elf that I like is it takes all of the tropes, yeah. all the different Christmas yes. movie tropes yes, yes, and yes. melds them into one. Like, I think that's one thing I enjoy is we're getting a couple different things here. Santa also also has another one in that same scene with Michael when he says, tell me, Michael, what do you want for Christmas? And he goes, I wanted a skateboard. And he goes, oh, not just that. A real yeah. huff board. Look here. That's and then he's like, you made my sleigh fly. And and then also the I put them on the naughty list and they never forgave me. But I I think that at the North Pole, he's he's in work mode. And then when he's, you know, Santa in real life, he's a, a delight. I think we're seeing Santa behind the scenes. Mm. He, he also feels the need to body shame Leon and <laughs> brag about how many feet. times he's, <laughs> he turned him over his feet. This Santa's a monster. Oh. I don't trust him. I don't think he gets presents. Mitch, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you're awake. He. <laughs> it makes me nervous. I don't like it. <laughs> I need an adult.
It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. So despite being the peppiest man alive, Buddy is somehow impossible to dislike. How do you react to Will Ferrell's performance? Can I say him screaming Santa is maybe the, <laughs> is maybe the most Will Ferrell-iest yes. thing yes. he does in the movie? Yeah. Yes. It's fantastic. Yes. I love it. I think the reason why Buddy works as a character is we don't just see him as I like to say, screaming and falling down the stairs, we see a full range of emotions from him. We see like there's the scene when he's genuinely hurt because he's not as good as making toys as everybody else. We see him get scared. We don't just see him like being goofy all the time. We see he's sad in some scenes. He gets his feelings hurt mm -hmm. in some scenes. Mm -hmm. So it causes us to be sympathetic with him. And that all happens before he goes to New York. So once he gets to New York, you're on team buddy. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Brandon. I think Will has gone on record where he said he likes playing characters that lack self-awareness. Right. So like if you think of like Ron Burgundy, mm -hmm. right, like he just has no self-awareness. And that's what's funny to him. This is the best version. Yeah, of I agree. I feel like because it comes across as childlike instead of grading. Yeah. And because uh, there's a point of diminishing returns on that sort of character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is my favorite incarnation. I think the other thing I, I like about it is when I saw Will Ferrell was like in this elf movie, I was like, all right, this big, loud SNL yep. guy. Yep. What is this going to be? Even if you don't associate him with that, like this is a six foot three man dressed as an elf. <laughs> oh, no. How like like the movie has to, I think, do this job of like getting me past my own cynicism right. and like it has to melt my right. heart. Right. And I think that's the job of like most Christmas movies. So. Uh, I, I think every Christmas movie in some respect has to trade in on nostalgia and it does a good job. Like Will does a good job of like, I feel like he just embodies Christmas spirit yeah. and, and, and you know what I mean? Like that's, that's who this character is. So I think the movie does a really good job of kind of just making him uh, emblematic of everything. Christmas. And I think the thing about buddy is he's not a puppy dog. Like we see that like he does get embarrassed. He does feel bad about things. So he's not like a little cutesy animal. He's just a very eccentric man. I think my thing is like, so what would it be like if someone was literally raised for 30 years yeah. at the North Pole in Santa's workshop? Like this is all he knows. Christmas 100% of the time building toys, getting ready for Christmas Day and Plop him down in New York. Now, a couple things about Buddy's personality, like, like we've talked about, peppy, ultra optimistic. Those two things usually bug me. People who are like, like overly optimistic and peppy like that bugs me. Yeah. I think if this yeah. role were played by a kid, I think it would have bugged me. I think it would have been grating. Yeah. I yes. think it wouldn't have worked. I, I think agree. the fact that it is a six a six foot tall, six, three man who is completely, you know, unaware of like his personal presence in New York and has like this ultra Christmas spirit thing going on. I think there is something delightful about it. And this huge man, yellow tights, like what, what's not to love about that? I mean, 
it's funny. It is funny. Because I think when you start out, you are like the Scrooge. The audience is the Scrooge, right? We have to see his behavior as somewhat bizarre. Yeah. When he sings that song to his father in the office, that's a bizarre moment, right? And I'm super uncomfortable. Right. But as the movie goes on, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm more and more on his side. But he, And he also, like, says beautiful things to people. Like, when he yeah. says to Jovi, you look miraculous. Or when he says, Deb, you have such a pretty face, you should be on a Christmas card. Like, things that are just genuine and like just really lovely things to say to other people. Yeah, one of my favorite lines is you look miraculous. I, I thought I wrote down like we should begin every date by saying that to our date. Like what a beautiful thing to say. say he doesn't to say a mean thing to anybody in this movie. I think he does also yeah, come across as someone who's maybe only read Christmas cards his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> that guitar in tune it's getting there man i love christmas caroling hey can we sing mary did you no fine brandon come outside leave me alone come on sharpie let's sing fine i'm coming this is so lame what's his problem the best way to spread christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear one a two, a one, two, three, four. Deck the halls with Mr. Farrell. Christmas spirit is in peril. Full of jokes and very silly. Elf warms hearts that once were chilly. This movie is good and funny too. That's fine. But you guys know that I don't sing solos in the closings, right? Oh, Mr. Sharp, where is your heart? You're acting like James Caan. Not at the end, but at the start. I like Buddy more than Ron. Burgundy. Elf's jokes are great, but heart's there too. Even though Santa might scare you The thing that hurts this great movie Is underwritten Jovi Come on, Brandon, join us! I think I will. It's Christmas, that isn't really Things might get a little silly But Elf says that that's allowed So deal with it now there's room on Nick's list for Elvis Christmas. It holds up its classic, so we're ecstatic. I'm ready. Can I sing a song that will set up next week's episode? I've got a bad feeling about this. Uh, how about you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch? We're talking about the Grinch? That 1966 classic? No, no, not that one. Ah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, actually, Jim Carrey. See you around, kid.
of a Nutcracker. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode on Elf. If you want to share your thoughts, suggest future episodes, or tell us what we missed, leave a comment for us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We can be found at the Is It Really Podcast. And don't be a cottonhead in Nitty Muggins. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to make us smile, since smiling's our favorite, please give us a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate it. I'm Mitch Dupree, reminding you there's room for everyone on the nice list. See you next time. (laughs) 